Thanks for coming to hear the Queer on the Street. I am your... Bongo host Vince. And with me, I've got your bearish, no, bullish, no, bearish, uh, forget it, worth host Josh. How you doing over there today? (laughs) You know, I can't complain. It's another wonderful Monday. Yeah, good, good. Were you, were you able to hear the the stupid thing that I did? Nope. Okay, cool. <laughs> so it picked it up in your recording, but not for me listening, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll you'll hear it. You'll hear it in the edit. Oh, that'll be funny. <laughs> All right, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> Anything notable happened to you this week? What, what could we? <laughs> no, nothing. Uh, nothing too crazy. Just uh normal everyday work week enjoyed Mm -hmm. my weekend off and started the week off uh strong how about you anything exciting i went back to work today after my two-week vacation yeah you know what it was miserable yeah it was like work yeah you know (laughs) it was almost exactly like work but after work, come home and start doing Quirt on the Street. Uh, it's this podcast where Josh over there and me both pick one word from the 28 generated from the puzzle word game Quirtle, and we talk about whatever the hell we can uh, based on them. Our words this week are coming from June 5th through the 11th. If you want to see what those are, hop on over to our Twitter is probably the most reliable place that you can see where the words yep, are. That's and, for sure. Uh, and uh you know just see see what you think we get stop now go see what you think we picked and then keep listening welcome (laughs) back uh josh is starting this week uh what do you got for me josh so uh, this week i decided to pick audio as my word um Mm. very very broad word i know but uh i think i have a, a different approach and, you know, we already talked about music per se and like, you know, what favorite right. albums, favorite songs, that kind of stuff. I wanted to talk about more about the audio itself and like the power of audio. Yeah. So it made me start to think about the way audio makes people feel or how it interacts with your sensory system within your body um you know do you get do you ever get goosebumps or chills from listening to music oh yeah okay so for for me it's usually i have a decent sense for music so it's it's whenever something subverts my expectations mm-hmm. uh as is when i get the the chills okay so believe it or not uh, a very uh, only about 50 percent of people seem to feel that really yeah um they did a study in 2016 um and only 50 percent of the people that were in the study ever felt goosebumps or chills from listening to music or watching a movie um Wow. Something along that. So it's it's not everyone. Um, and that led them to dive into try to figure out why. Um, so that I didn't know this, but it actually has a, a, a name. Um, Frisian, I think mm-hmm. is how, how you're going to say it. I, I wasn't aware of this until free 
Frisson. Frisson. Yeah. Frisson. Yeah. It's a French word. Yeah. So musical chills, auditory yeah. response, visual stimuli. You know why I know that? Why? I was, uh, I got kind of fascinated about ASMR. Do you, uh, do you have that reflex, the, the ASMR reflex? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I, I don't. Uh, so I was, I was curious about ASMR and all the articles that I found was ASMR versus free sound. Yeah. So it was like, that's the only reason I know this word. Yeah. So I, of course it, it, I've always been like fascinated by it cause I'm highly susceptible to this. Mm-hmm. So more so than most, I think. Uh, and it made sense once I started looking into it. So they figured out that from that study, like I said, 50% of the people, you know, felt that emotion or had that response to something. Um, and then they were able to take those people and have them get MRIs. And they figured out that mm. the people that were affected by it and had that response have more white matter in their brains. Um, so it's like the connective tissue of course, of course. between stuff. So okay, <laughs> they have more activity in like their cerebral cortex and more connection tissues, it, which controls like the fighter fight or flight. Okay, stuff is white matter like the the folds, the things that make you smart, unlike koalas. Um, no. Okay, it, it's more like okay. So the brain itself is the computer. Yeah, uh, the white matter are the plugs that connect everything together so like it does it, it doesn't control necessarily like intelligence per se maybe but maybe white, like the, maybe the maybe more so the, cognitive response like if you have more you okay, can have more yeah. throughput yeah yeah um the white matter is the pci lanes yes yes <laughs> on a motherboard yeah turbo nerd <laughs> yeah for tur- a second there turbo nerd correct um so actually yeah, they have more of that in there, which in 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 turn enhances everything uh, how, and how they feel. <sighs> so I wasn't aware of this until I started looking into it. Um, this was probably actually a couple years ago that I started thinking about this stuff. And um, there are tiny, tiny little muscles at the bottom of every hair follicle in your body. Oh, um, and what causes goosebumps or the chills is those muscles contract, pulling on the hairs to get them to stand up. Um, it's more seen in um, like fight or flight situations because it's supposed to like have a, a protective barrier between your body and the outside world. So it's kind of like a, a porcupine, except not as effective. <laughs> um yeah right so yeah so the, those little muscles contract and that's what makes them stand up um and audio has a can play a huge factor in in making those contract um it's it's said to people with much higher mm, not intellectual that's not the right word that's not what i'm looking for um emotional that's the one the brain i didn't have a, a no i didn't have enough uh i didn't have enough white matter 
there for me to find that correlation. But yeah, people that have a more emotional response to thing and that feel a lot more emotion uh, tend to be the ones that are affected by this. Um, yeah, so I, I thought that was kind of cool. And it made me start to think about when that happens for me. And for me, it's music. Most of the time, I mean, it happens a lot with music, but for me, a lot of it is like a music case usage. So when a mu- when a music fits a specific scene in a TV show or a movie, that's when it really gets me because yeah. it's like, you know, it's correlated yeah. with a feeling and it puts me, you know, it immerses me into that situation uh, and it gets me all the time. Yeah, um, for sure. I definitely get what you are saying about how it affects you. I think I'm in the same way, but because I'm not as technical when it comes to music knowledge. Well, I'm I'm more of a textures person, I think, when it comes yeah. to music, like like the situational awareness of music. Like yeah. I, I don't really connect with um, and a lot of times lyrics are secondary to me also. So yeah, it's really just about the textures for me. So while you said, you know, that's, it's more the textures and the technical side of things that make you, you things that surprise you. Yeah. I think I said subvert my expectations, but yeah. But yeah I mean, yeah, I, I love songs. I have at least, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I have at least like, three songs on my liked songs playlist that are just basically three songs uh, in in one you know like it's a four minute runtime and the song changes significantly three times yeah I, i think i feel that similarly but not with the notes so much um from like the instrumentals which is like you said lyrics tend to play second for you but I think that also is why I love like all the singing shows because it's the same thing. I feel that all the time when I'm watching those, when somebody surprises yeah. me. Yeah, sure. You know, when you don't expect them to sound the way they sound and it just makes it that much better. That's why you <laughs> picked that Susan Boyle album is your favorite album of all time, right? Susan Boyle. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? You remember that, that lady from yeah, like the I, British X Factor? I, I definitely remember it, but but I was like, I didn't. You made me second guess myself. I'm like, I didn't pick that. What are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> she definitely surprised everyone, though. Yeah, she sure did. There's uh there's somebody like that almost every every season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that gets me all the time, and it really made me start thinking about movies and songs television shows and songs song recognition mm-hmm. um and i actually had a conversation with my my nephew not too long ago about this so when you think eye of the tiger what do you think of the song uh, eye of dan's, the tiger dan's the man going to work got his tie got ambition one day <laughs> he just might become supervisor <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about <laughs> no there was a Starbucks double shot commercial set to the tune of Eye of the Tiger. Oh, I do remember like, that. Dan's the man going to work. Got his tie. Got ambition. Yeah, I do That's remember that. That's what I that. think of. Okay, so you think of that. It's, but... not, it's not what you were expecting me to say, but it is 
Yeah. It is well, that's the a, thing. a, a that, that's, correlation that I have. Everyone has different correlations with different yeah. songs. Now, most people would say that they correlated <laughs> with Rocky. What's Rocky? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it really made me start to, to think about that. And it's do those songs fit into the scene or mm. do does the inclusion of the song change its meaning based on the movie scene or television yeah. scene? So yeah. is the song fitting the movie or is the movie fitting the song? Um, and I think there's a lot of different ways to think about that. Um, there's yeah, a lot of songs that had initial success uh, when mm-hmm. they were released, but then had yeah. substantially more success once they were included in a scene because you're giving somebody an emotion, an even more emotional response because it turns goes from just audio to audio and visual. Right. Well, it may not even be that. It may, uh, and this is a little teaser of what's going to come. It may cross a generational divide. True. Um, like, uh, do do you watch Stranger Things? Nope. Do you know who Kate Bush is? Yes, I know the song that you're talking okay. about. That everybody's yeah. like freaking yeah, out. They're so like, oh my god, how good the song is! And it's been for out that, forever. That song, yeah, that song is charting again. Yeah, because a new generation just learned about Kate Bush, and she's you know phenomenal. She's one of the most unique singers to ever exist. I only knew "Wuthering Heights" by Kate yeah. Bush, and literally until this season of uh, Stranger Things. So it's funny that and. You know, people are like, oh, these stupid kids only now heard of it. But it's like it crosses a generational divide. This, you know, only the best of the best, like the the S tier music makes it out of the generation. Mm -hmm. That's why people think that, you know, music used to be better. Yeah. Well, it becomes because it becomes bigger than the song. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like it's a a cultural uh, phenomenon now. Yeah, like obviously this one would have been big either way, I feel, but the scene yeah. in Wayne's World with Bohemian Rhapsody oh, yeah. made a huge difference in, in people that are our yeah. age knowing yeah, that's, in that that's song. What I saw. That's what I saw some Gen Xers say is, you guys are, you know, ragging on these kids for not knowing Kate Bush as if we had any idea who Queen was before Wayne's World. Yep. I mean, some some people did if they listened to the same stuff as their parents, but you know, it's yeah, it's all we're all just you know products of our environment or surrounding. Yeah, certainly. So it got me got me thinking about some other uh, movies and popular songs and some of my favorites. I don't know if you'll have any that you can share, so I'll, I'll. I'll talk about mine first, but if you think of any, feel free to jump in and interrupt. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'll start off with, I obviously already said Wayne's world and Bohemian Rhapsody. Cause that was one of the first ones that came to my mind. That was like super prevalent. Um, yeah, for sure. Then I kind of went a different, a complete different type of uh, movie, but, um, really made me think about it. And this one does kind of stem from like a, a musical. But you're the one that I want with okay, John sure. Volpe yeah. and Olivia Newton-John. Like, yep, I, everyone our age 
associates this song to Greece. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's just you're you hear this, you immediately know it transports you into that movie. I think I may have thought that it was from Greece. Yeah, it originally. very well could be, but I'm saying it has that ability to teleport you right back into the scene of the movie just by yeah, hearing sure. it. Like it it fits it so well. And I this leads me into one of my next ones. Um which is God, I can't think of the name of the song right now. I can picture the movie. Okay. Uh, Would I know the song? You will. I don't know if you would have known the song outside of. Yeah, you definitely do. Um, Okay. Stuck in the middle with you. Oh, yeah. This was in a a thing. Reservoir Dogs. Okay. That dancing scene where he's doing the. You know, (laughs) I've only seen Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs once. Yeah. So in the scene in the movie, he's dancing to it kind of like, you know, he's torturing the guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he's just dancing to it. And it shows like how it fit perfectly. Like it doesn't describe the situation the way you would think, but it fits perfectly. And it really helps paint the narrative of like how crazy he is. And like how little he doesn't care. Yeah. So that was a big one that stuck out to me. Um, Risky business uh, with Tom Cruise and old time rock and roll when he's doing the the dance in the hallway. That that is one of the most iconic, I feel, muses of that song should should we be uh leapfrogging this going back and forth because i we can if you I, have, I do some. have a few yeah I, take, I do have some they'll take a take uh, over the the first thing that came to my mind was uh in fight club the final the mm-hmm. basically credit song where is my mind by the pixies yep when they're looking out the um, window that, yeah yep. that that song is tied to that scene for me and it's a great song i love the pixies I, i've I like a few other songs by them now, but I don't know if I would have discovered that song or them uh, without that. That is true. Um, And then I'll, I'll maybe catch up to you and do another one. Uh, This is a more recent one too, is, uh, you know, the song common people. Yeah. By, by pulp. Yep. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know it until uh, season two of Westworld. Huh? Uh, I've never watched Westworld. I just happened to, I know yeah. the song because it was on a, a playlist on Spotify. Oh, really? Yeah. But yeah, that's that's where I heard of that song. So like I listened to that song and I it's immediately you know, makes you think of that. Yeah, I mean it resonates with me because of the context, obviously. Yeah. That's it's uh that and I think that's the sort of thing that you're getting at, right? Like just I'm kind of talking about like songs that you discover from Movies, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's it's kind of the same thing because it gives you that it gives you a you have an emotional connection to that song based on that that movie yeah. or that scene and how it made you feel. Because if it didn't, if that piece of music didn't fit that scenario perfectly, you wouldn't remember it. Right, right. Whether you whether you would just like the song or not, I mean, maybe you're different, but very few people will just hear something in the heat of the moment and immediately look it up. Yeah. It's kind of like, it it had to be memorable enough that they were like, wow, like that made me (laughs) want think of 
you know, just checks all the criteria, fits that, made him feel some some type of way, as the kids say. Yeah, <laughs> some <laughs> some type of way put puts you in your feels. Yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, my wife Nicole has this sort of thing that she remembers exactly the first time that she heard a song or something so a lot of times she'll be like oh yeah i heard this in whatever and it's, it's like that's amazing but i guess you know some of those so- some of the songs that i have on my playlists are are that way yeah well they make um, some, important they make important motions for you you know yeah yeah for sure um one of the ones that i don't personally connect with, but I know is a thing. It, this is not one of my lists. This is an aside. Is um, I why am I blanking on the song right now? I love it. Um, Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap. Hmm. Um, oh. you know, you know, you would know a sample from the song. Okay, if anything, but it starts like in the OC. It's like a very pivotal scene in the OC that basically rocketed ship this song um to fame Hmm. and i don't know who sampled it maybe rihanna maybe jason derulo it's the um what you say song oh yeah jason derulo right jason derulo yeah Yeah. but but that song like gained popularity from the oc yeah okay yeah that makes sense Uh, there's there's a lot of them um think about like happy from Pharrell Williams and that's who's that huh would you say who's that I, no I know who Pharrell is <laughs> I, was like, I was like wait a minute you, uh, you know, dis- I saw I saw dis- Pharrell in concert you know oh no I didn't know that uh yeah I went I went to see NERD in college oh cool. and he, he was he was awesome like NERD put on a damn good show it was NERD and then three days grace was headlining and oh, what I got to say, N.E.R.D. like brought down the house way harder than Three Days Grace. That makes sense. I, I saw Three Days Grace as well. That was actually my first concert. Three Days Grace, Puddle of Mud and Breaking Benjamin. And it, it was not great. Really? <laughs> yeah. Breaking Benjamin was horrible. Oh, God. Puddle of Mud was great. Breaking Benjamin is like, I couldn't believe how bad the guy sounded in person. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, because in the songs, he sounds great. Not so much live. Uh, Three Days Grace was okay. Um, but I just didn't, it just, I don't know. They didn't leave me super impressed. Puddle of Mud was amazing. I can imagine they put on a great show. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. It was almost like Three Days Grace. They just, they they thought more of themselves, it felt like. Mm, they were coasting at that yeah, point. They were just chilling. You know, their songs were all ones that people could just yell out. So they're mm-hmm. just, there was just no energy. Like the crowd was carrying the stuff, not the artist. Yeah. So. Uh, how how many of your songs have you done? I, I know you put five on the dock. Oh, uh, I still have, you, I still have three more. You still have three more. Okay. Yeah. So you go, you can go next because I already did two. Okay. And I'm still so, trying to come up with them. This one, uh, I doubt you'll know, uh, and most people probably won't, but I don't know what for for whatever reason why it stuck with me. Because I, I don't know if the song was written for the movie or not. I, I, it's not even a popular song. This just okay. sticks. It just stuck in my head, and it's called Dear Life 
by Anthony Hamilton, and it's from the movie Step Up. Okay. Cool. <laughs> and it is uh, just a pivotal moment in the movie where they're kind of the two main characters are unsure of the relationship, their relationship in the thing. And Channing Tatum's character is kind of just, you know, really thinking about life. And it just paints it perfectly. It's like him on a bus, head out the window. And I think that's kind of, I think the reason that gets me is because that's how I was in high school. You know, head on the window, headphones in, listening to music, and just thinking about life. Yeah. And I think that scene just correlated with me so well that that song is stuck with me. I mean, I don't, I think Step Up came out in like, I don't know, 2007, 2009, somewhere in there. I had to well, guess. It's impossible to it's impossible to figure it out. Yeah, because there's like ninety five hundred of them yeah. now, and uh-huh. and who wants to Google's? Um, <laughs> but yeah, that made me. It made me just makes me think of that. And every time I hear that song, I actually have a playlist through on Spotify um, called "The Walk Through Life," mm-hmm. and it is all songs that put me in a place or time. Yeah. When I listen to them, so whether it's a, cool. a place or time in the movie or uh, something that connects with me in a specific place in my life or things that I feel like could fit into a movie, they all get grouped into this one playlist. So when I listen to it, it's kind of like sensory overload because it's like it just takes me on this ride of different memories and emotions for every song that I hear. Yeah. That is a cool idea for a playlist. I may I may do that because I'm I'm finding a bunch of songs that I'm uh, I like associate with uh, movies and stuff or or that I I have a particular yeah it's like uh, a, a musical you know. memory lane <laughs> yeah right 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 uh, uh, it, it really made me start thinking about it and I know I already uh, shared this with you but for the podcast, uh, they don't know about it, but get it on um, the mic, <laughs> get it on the mic. I started, uh, <laughs> I listened to a lot of random playlists all over on Spotify. Um, and music TikTok is huge for me. Yeah. I was probably the number one thing I see the most of on TikTok, whether it be singers or actual musicians, but there is a band called the Nicotine Dolls, and uh, the guy has an amazing voice, and they have a song. It is called, let me look up the name of it, Till We Both Say. Um, and it paints the perfect picture of like a late 90s, early 2000s sitcom. Oh, yeah. Like if you could think of... Your basic love scene or, you know, the walk through Mm -hmm. Central Park kind of it would fit. This song could fit perfectly. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Serendipity with John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. I think I did once. Um, This song could fit perfectly in that scenario. You know, it's just your stereotypical kind of love story. And I heard it and immediately. I fell in love with the song and it's not because like I said, it's kind of stereotypical. Like there's the guy's voice is amazing. Don't get me wrong. And their use of instruments to paint the scene is perfect, but yeah, I don't think I would like the song as much as I do if it didn't automatically teleport me into that mindset. 
I heard it and I was like, wow, this could be, uh, this could be an ever, I had to immediately look it up to see if it was from a movie and if I had heard it there before, but it's, it hasn't been used in anything that I could find. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just was perfect. So that really made, made me start thinking about all this even more. Um, I just love yeah. the way it can, can push, push you into a different headspace. So that's obviously on my, on my playlist. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I've been, I've been looking for this song cause I've, I've had a song like this too. That sounds like a sitcom song. Um, it's uh, the way that I found it, it was from, uh, an intro to, uh, McElroy family, uh, podcast that I, I really like, mm-hmm. but it's called money won't pay by Bo N, mm-hmm. um, with Augustus. And it's like, it's exactly like that. It's, it's like a 90s sitcom intro song. It's really cool. Continue talking. I'm going to look this up. Uh, Bo N B O space E N money won't pay. Um, Yeah. I'll, so I'll go on to my next one then. Um, This is a two for um, the, the show, Mr. Robot. It was, I talked about it when we talked about shows, but it was really influential on me. Um, I re and a, a couple songs really like clicked with me, maybe because I knew them already, but like, wasn't, intimately familiar and this just like clicked together with me but the final scene in mr robot is set to outro uh by m83 okay and that song just like hits in a different way now after seeing the end sequence of that show um and then along with that the the final season like if the final season of mr robot like tries to keep you off balance in a lot of ways yeah and um in in doing that, they play Run Away With Me uh, by Carly Rae Jepsen on there. Okay. And it's it's one of my favorite songs by her. But it was just so funny that they almost play it for laughs. Like it starts like it's a like it's a rom-com. And then it just sort of like cuts legs out from under the scene um, playing to that song. But it's it's very cool. And I think I associate it with like airports now that particular song because that's where it plays Uh, it's pretty cool (laughs) yeah that definitely is yeah it's just fascinating to me because it's not something that you really think like sit down to think about most of the time yeah you know a lot of this stuff goes just unnoticed um Mm -hmm. because it's just something we naturally do yeah i I don't know if you didn't ask me this question i don't know if i would have considered that this song sounds like an airport song to me you know (laughs) yeah yeah i can definitely get what you're saying uh i only listened to the first about 10 seconds of it yep um (laughs) just so so that i can hear um, it but it immediately makes me think like family family matter yeah yeah yep that's the that's actually the part exactly the part that i wanted you to listen to that sex yeah that sex intro is is really It's it's it, so reminiscent of those early '90s yep. shows. Um, honestly, that might be why one of the reasons I love saxophone so much is because I grew up <laughs> listening to those. Because I am a sucker for a good saxophone player. Yeah, I hear you. Um, <laughs> into Kenny G. Uh, I I don't follow him, but I've listened to a bunch of his stuff. He's good. He is a funny dude, actually. Yeah, like. It's hard to just but, listen to that specifically, 
like yeah, by right. itself. Um, but I showed you that guy that I found on TikTok. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Pilo. Um, are are you familiar with uh, Sex Squatch? Yes, it sounds familiar. <laughs> the the Sex Squatch. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he's a YouTube dude. He just dresses up as a Sasquatch, goes out into the woods, plays uh, saxophone covers of songs you, uh, on YouTube. It's actually funny we're talking about this. So do you know who uh, J.P. Saxton and Ben Rector are? Nope. Ben Rector sounds familiar, but I don't I'm not like familiar. J.P. Saxton is the, the person that does If the World Is Ending. Do you know that song? Mm, if the World Is Ending, so. you come over, right? It's it's uh, super nope. popular right now and probably has been for like the last year. Um, but he needed a, a he wanted a saxophone player and he found this guy, I guess, online. And oh, yeah, he was like a kid in school and he was like, hey, you want to come play sax for me? And he's just paying this kid all summer, to, apparently, from what I what I heard to just go on tour with him and play saxophone. Oh, cool. That's yeah. how it starts. Yep. Yeah. I was very, very happy about that. So this one, uh, again, I'll go into. I don't think a lot of people know. You'll get the reference. I don't know if you'll remember it. Um, Do you remember who Saigon is from Entourage? Mm, No. Okay, so it's the rapper that Turtle discovers when they when the car gets stolen and somebody leaves the CD in the car. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I remember that scene. There's a song uh in that that they used to score queens boulevard in the movie um yeah and that's it's by a real artist named saigon and that song for me is like the entourage theme song Uh, in my head (laughs) that's so good It, it puts me right back into every emotion i've felt during watching entourage it just paints it perfect and it kind of as weird as it might sound, it reminds me of like all of our friends. <laughs> okay. Because I think that's why I connect with Entourage so much is because it feels, even though none of uh, none of us may have been, you know, big and famous, like that <laughs> tight knit friend group that you know is just always there. That's yeah, yeah. How we pretty much were. So it's kind of put just teleports me back into that. So that. That song is one yeah. of the ones that puts me in there. What's the what's the name of the song? Um, let an N word know. Okay, <laughs> okay cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, but it All just right. has that feel to it. Yeah, I'll have to I have to put that put that on a list. Yep. <laughs> and then this one's a little bit more uh, more widely known. Um, and more recent. Okay. It is a stars uh Shallow from A Star is Born. Okay. Uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I know the movie. I don't know the song. Really? No. I am you have you seen the movie? No. Oh. Well that explains it. But <laughs> this 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 song like took the world by storm. Oh uh, yeah. Uh I mean it it came out in twenty eighteen. And it has one point one point three billion plays on YouTube. Okay, okay. So, quite popular. I would um, say so. But it, it again, it just depicts the movie perfectly. And obviously, this one was written for 
the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's to be expected. Is this a song uh, written for this movie or was it written for Star is Born originally? I don't know. Right. That so like, a good question. Was it written by Bette Midler? Let's find out. Uh, Let's take a look. Um, no, it looks like it was. It's showing Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Yeah, I mean, it's but it performed like, by them. Yeah, I'm trying to see if and when. Uh, I don't know. Uh, written by Gaga. Okay. Lady Gaga with Andrew Wyatt, Anthony Rosamonado, and Mark Rosnan. And produced oh, by Gaga so- with Benjamin Rice. Song is heard three times in the film. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it was written for it. I uh I have I have not heard this song before. I do not care for their uh performances in in this. No. They're like they're like very very slurry which from my understanding fits with Bradley the, Cooper's character. Yes. But I, I don't understand why they're they're like doing their whole performance just like this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't when did you where did you listen to it? Spotify? I was just listening to it. Oh, I don't know. I I mean I guess maybe it's because you haven't seen the movie. It fits the way it sounds fits the ambiance of the movie perfectly. Sure. I, I can appreciate that. Okay. Uh, um, my my next pick, I kind of had to play uh kind of loose with these rules uh at this point. <laughs> Although no, no, I have two more that that are like movies or film or uh, TV shows or whatever. Um, one of my favorite ones is uh, Bonkers by Dizzy Rascal. Um, I don't know that was, one at all. I wouldn't expect you to. He's a British rapper. Um, it, it's in the movie. It's in the Kingsman movie. Um, okay. I, th- I tried to look it up to see like where exactly it was. I think it's in like the church shootout or the in the chase scene that follows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this song is just like so high energy, so fun. And it's just like cool. It fits the 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 sort of theme of the movie, the sort of like not taking itself too seriously, just like be fun for a movie. And this yeah. is just fun for a song. That is uh, definitely. This, it, it also sort of opened me up to like British rap uh, a little bit more because then I found uh, Stormzy after this. Mm hmm. And like uh, whatever his song is, Boot Too Big or something like that. Yeah. Big for your boots. That song is cool as hell, too. Hmm. Interesting. But, uh, this, yeah, I know. Um, it's a cool way to share music. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like the. It's not just a pop. It's not just popular songs because it's like you're getting in more in-depth look into somebody's personality it almost feels like because it's there's just more of a connection to those songs than just something they hear on the radio and like the sound of yeah yeah you're you're like digging into why why does it fit this so so well why you know this this song is fun the movie's fun they fit together in a way that you have to stop to analyze a little bit um where are you at did you do did you already do your fifth one I'm losing uh, track. No. Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. I, I still have two more. Okay. Well, I have so one more and then I have an honorable mention because I had to be put in for you. Okay. 
<laughs> I'll do I'll do uh, a couple here because one of them one of them is is a real stretch. Um, okay. So college humor, you know, did their like videos, right? At, at college humor, apparently, still around. But um, there was one video that they that they did that was basically an office tour okay. uh, set to the song "Flagpole Sitter" by uh, Harvey Danger. Okay. Um, I don't know if you would know this song. I know, um, I know who Harvey Danger is, but I don't think I know the song. You probably know the song. If you know Harvey Danger, you know this song. Okay. This is their. This is the song that they're known for. Um, okay. So, and I don't know. It's just a cool sort of video. They're just sort of like going through the office. I'm, I'm gonna actually see if I can find the video now and send it to you. See if you know the song because the, I'm the video is just kind of cool. Yeah. Is is that the song that you know by them? Yes. Yeah, I would be amazed if you knew any other song and not this one. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know the name of the song. So I, and honestly, I knew I knew the name. I couldn't even associate this song with them. It's but I doubt that you probably don't know any other Song probably not that's the thing danger. i'm just saying i know who they are i probably I yeah. couldn't associate any song with them but now that i yeah i definitely know the song it's so funny um harvey danger is a cool band uh they like they have a song that's about uh the movie vertigo okay. <laughs> have you ever seen vertigo it's with uh the movie yeah uh, with, uh, i believe so What's his name? Uh, Mr. Smith. Uh, Smith. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. He's. Oh my God. My brain is done for. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. The <laughs> this song is about the movie Vertigo. And I just like went back and like uh, watched a bunch of classic movies this winter mm-hmm. uh, that I had never seen. Citizen Kane, Vertigo, North by Northwest, things like that. And it was so funny because I'm watching this movie and I'm like, oh, this sounds familiar. Carlotta Valdez, huh? I know that name. This band that I like has a song by it that I like. I'm like, oh, this song is about the movie that I hadn't seen before. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah. this classic movie, this like part of film classes. Yeah. Obviously. Old, old school. Yeah, I think I watched that back in the in my stint of needing to watch like the top 500 mm-hmm. nah, it was on the list so it's been years since i watched it but it's definitely. a fun it's a good movie i think of all the ones that i watched that one held up the best like north by northwest i kind of didn't get um like S- citizen kane i understood the like cinematography of it and why it's so good there but the actual story of it i just did not connect with that's how I feel about Star Wars. Yeah, sure. Like I, I appreciate that. I appreciate what it is and what it did for cinematography in that time period and pushing boundaries, but like I just don't connect to the story at all. Yeah. I can understand that. You're not a big fantasy person. No. I and mean I mean I really like like comic book stuff, but yeah. Outside well, of that, you know. Star Wars is a I've heard people describe Star Wars as a high fantasy series with a sci-fi skin yeah. on it. 
And it's like, that's exactly what it is. Like, there's straight up magic. The force is magic. Yeah. And, you know, you, you don't really connect to that. You didn't connect with Game of Thrones. You didn't connect with Lord of the Rings. Although I blame no. that on clerks. <laughs> no, I honestly, I think I, I want to go back and watch them again and give them another mm-hmm. fair shake. I think my attention span was just too low mm. to watch them when I was younger. <laughs> like like a three hour movie seemed like an eternity for me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe don't maybe try to find like the non extended versions, because those are a slog that you really only want to watch if you're uh, a, a fan already. Fan. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you watch them and like them, maybe watch the extended. But like. I think the Return of the King extended version is like five hours long. Yeah. Why? Because it's good. It's <laughs> just nuts. Five hour long. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It, it, uh, it, I don't know. There's so much like depth in lore for Lord of the Rings that yeah. the movies do a really good job of editing, paring down and editing around to make it seem like a complete piece. Lord of the Rings are, is maybe the best uh, adaptation of a book to a movie okay. ever. I can respect but that. But there's, there's still a lot of stuff that's left out. Uh, and like the extended version just... Yeah, exactly. The extended version just adds some stuff back in. Yeah. Uh, that's appreciated for fans already. Okay. Um, My last one for a movie uh, is going to be from Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> this one almost made my list because i think i know which one you're gonna say is it canned heat by jamiroquai <laughs> yep yeah it's such a good song yep and like such jamiroquai, a good scene too yeah jamiroquai was the virtual insanity band yep to yep. me you know that that was the only song they had virtual and then this yeah yep. this song plays and it's so good it's it's this movie i i I love the movie so much. Everybody in that movie is perfect, too, which is so funny because, you know, you saw John Hader in like one or two other movies after that. You saw um, I don't even know the character Pedro. I don't even know the actor's name, but I saw him in one movie after that. He was really good. And then they all everybody just sort of faded away, except for the girl from Waterworld. She Once, made her way back. It's kind of like the same thing with Vincent Chase and Entourage. Like he was in that one movie, Crazy Something, I think it was called, with uh, Melissa. Oh, whatever uh, her name was. The yeah, a- Sabrina Adrian the Teenage Witch. Yeah, yeah, he was in a. Uh, he's in a I don't few. Know if he was in things <laughs> after that. Actually, he's not in a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, not when you think about it, not. With how good Entourage was, mm-hmm. he's not a huge star. Like he didn't, he doesn't have a ton of roles past that. Yeah, it looks like he sort of Stopped. took a break. Yeah, he took a break after that. Looks like he's uh, what is starting to do maybe a little bit more again, but yeah, hmm. it's just surprising. I thought, I thought he was in something before, uh, before Entourage that like got him that role, but I can't find. I'm pretty sure it was Drive Me Crazy. Drive Me Crazy, yeah. Yeah, it was the, that one, makes sense. the one with Melissa Joan Hart. Yep, yep, Cause, yep, yep. Because it was like the, you know, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch love story. 
Yeah, which was, right. You know, 1990, you think back then, that was huge. Like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Spring of the Teenage Witch, like that whole... Yeah. It's the beginning of that craze. So that makes sense. Okay, well, I got two more. I got my Let's last go. pick and then my honorable mention. My last pick is from the movie Donnie Darko. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. the final scene with Mad World. I did I didn't remember this, but yeah, this is a good pick. Um it paints the ending scene and the entire experience of the mm-hmm. movie perfectly. And it did okay when the song first released, but this movie skyrocketed this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and know. And it's not even it wasn't even a huge huge popular movie, but it's a cult classic now. Oh yeah. Um but it's just it fits it perfectly that adaptation of it so if i'm correct i believe it was different like they slowed it down for the for the movie version yeah it's it's uh it's not chopped and screwed but it's a different rendition they they slowed it down yeah um let's see so that one's three minutes the original is Oh, the original is actually longer, but it, yeah. it is it is higher tempo yeah. um, because I like the original, too. Yeah, like, the original is pretty good, but just that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh, man, it get, that almost gives me chills just thinking about it, because I remember the first time I ever watched the movie, yeah. like sitting and watching that movie by yourself in the complete dark with yeah. a good sound system is an experience everyone should have yeah it was just and maybe it was because i was i was younger and so impressionable but it was just mind-blowing to me i loved that movie when I, the first time i watched it that movie is it sticks with you in unexpected ways like mm-hmm. as i age i kind of i i remember bits and pieces of like the adult characters Mm-hmm. You know, as a college kid, a teenager or whatever, you're like, you're like in it. But even the adult characters are like incredibly relatable yeah. as you age. So if you watch that movie and it's stuck in your mind, I'm like, man, these adults were really going through some shit at the time, too. Uh huh. I think it really depicts the range of Jake Gyllenhaal as well. Oh, God, Jake Gyllenhaal. He's did you watch Okja? Uh huh. You gotta watch Okja. He's he's it's it's a masterpiece of yeah. acting from Jake Gyllenhaal. He's he's this like big character, but it, it's it like doesn't feel ridiculous. Yeah. Hmm. I will have to give that a go. Yeah. So that that's that's my last one for my actual list, but this uh, mm-hmm. this is an honorable mention, and this one kind of steps outside because it's not in anything. But it fits the category of could be used for so much. And I only know it because of you. And that is Black Licorice by Peach Pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It fits (laughs) the stereotypical indie movie Mm -hmm. scene Mm -hmm. song perfectly. Like you think of some kids skating down a a roadway or something in an indie movie. Yeah. And it is the perfect song. I think their music video is, is like a perfect template for what uh, mm-hmm. it could be in, in a movie. Like some teens just like kicking around their neighborhood, 
doing some jackass shit. Yeah. Just like living their lives, loving it. It's, but like there's this underlying sadness because it's an upbeat song. It's in a major key, except you're singing about how you don't feel like anybody wants you. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it would be a great song. Yeah. I I think it would be perfect. Like a kid like skateboarding in the rain, in the rain away from everything. Like it just, yeah, yeah. It just, it fits. I could see, um, God, what's his name? Oh, hold on. I got to think of the person's name. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, yes. Okay. <laughs> but I'm thinking uh, Elliot Page before um, them switching over. So some of the early movies that they had done. Uh, a lot of that. Page. Uh, yeah. Formerly Ellen Page. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. I just wanted to. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, all of the, like Juno. Sure. That that yeah. style <laughs> would be so I, perfect. Yep. 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 Um, even I don't know if you watched Umbrella Academy. Um, yeah. I I have watched Umbrella Academy, but Umbrella Academy is so tied up in uh my chemical romance for yeah. me that it, I can't see anything else other than Gerard Way's uh <laughs> musical direction fitting in umbrella academy Eh, i guess i could see that i could definitely see that that's just me like i i can i could appreciate it but it's yeah he's just got this particular voice in music that he seems to have translated perfectly onto the screen i can respect that so i think that's that does it in for my my topic this week hopefully uh, i have i have one I have one last uh, oh, honorable yeah. mention. Oh, it wasn't okay. actually anything. It's from a video game trailer. <laughs> um, but uh, Doomsday by Nero in the Borderlands 2 trailer. Okay. You, do you know this I song? Know song. Play, yeah. It was playing behind us and replay constantly. The doom, yep. Doom, doom, yep. Like that song. I, I love it to this day because of Borderlands 2. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't even sense. in the game. No. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I had <laughs> forgot about that, but yep. Dude, the po- and that just goes to show you like the power of audio. Yeah. Like yeah, it for just, sure. It can just place you in a specific place in time, like like you just said, in replay, standing there, listen to it, and on repeat, over and over and over again. Yep. Yep. Oh. What about you? What did you what have you decided to talk about this week? My word. Uh, <laughs> I had a hard time uh, thinking of one, but I feel like I landed on something that was uh, uh, it, it may end up being a little heavy, but hopefully we can sort of get through. It. I tried to keep the questions positive uh, mm-hmm. because I know there's a lot of baggage that comes along with this topic. But uh, the, the word that I chose is chasm. Um, and this got me thinking of, you know, it's a large gap. Um, and I think the way that I've heard this word used most is through like generations. You know, there's this chasm, this experiential chasm between baby boomers and millennials and zoomers. And um, I just it's while that's true, I think there's some stuff that, you know, is could be useful to have been preserved. Yeah. Um. So uh, that's where I, that's where I went with it. 
Um, I just came up with a few questions, things that uh, I hope <laughs> are a little heavy. I hope you were able to come up with answers for them. I made sure to ask questions that I personally could come up with answers to. So hopefully it's it's OK. This is the first time seeing it. So I'm going to yeah. let you speak first on it while I come up with answers. OK, so my first question is, what is a, a knowledge uh, that will be detrimental if it's lost from a previous generation or maybe that's not the best way of phrasing it it's it's something that i think is useful to have learned from previous generations that we and uh people younger than us may be losing you know okay um i chose possibly a controversial one but uh it's it's animal slaughter um it, <laughs> Maybe not the best way to put it either, but like my father tells a story every so often of how he would watch, you know, his his grandparents like prepare a chicken. Yeah. You know, you would go to the store, you would buy like a chicken, probably already dead, but, you know, not processed. Yeah, you I would go it. and you would you would boil it and you would pluck the feathers and debone it and all that. And I think that that is something that is useful to know um not necessarily how to do it but just the connection of where our food comes from yeah um you know a lot of people don't know what farming actually is we live in a you know a a farming area like upstate new york is a farming area Uh, Mm -hmm. contrary to popular belief everybody just thinks the whole state is you know either pine trees or the city no, I mean we're huge on agriculture and yeah, especially farming. around around me. Uh, I have so many just vineyards and apple orchards, and there's a few big soybean farms around me. You know, mm-hmm. in Utica, there's all those dairy farms. You almost can't go around a corner without seeing another dairy dairy farm. Mm-hmm. And our school was right next to a dairy farm. Yep. Um, so it's like that sort of thing is the type of thing that I'm, I'm thinking about here, like learning where our food comes from and understanding uh, what has to be done to achieve it, achieve that dinner on your table um, is detrimental. I I think factory farming is an issue in that because a lot of, you know, factory farms start up and there's some horrible things that go along with that, which makes people want to turn a blind eye. Um, But part of turning a blind eye is just letting that stuff happen again. And there's a lot of stuff like I, I live literally right next door to an ethical farm. Um, They raise goats and sheep and, you know, they slaughter them and sell them. They full them and sell off the foals. And it's, it's a whole thing. And they, they do everything right. Like they sell meat that's kosher and halal so like they're doing it right not just keeping them penned up but uh i think losing this knowledge where our food comes from particularly animals has led to a lot of abuses in the farming industry um and something we have to be aware of more than we currently are uh i don't know if there's a if there's a better way to clarify what i'm talking about i, no, I feel I, like I exactly rambling, but i get exactly what you're talking about yeah <laughs> so <laughs> with with that has it yeah. has it like brought something into focus for you kind of I, I don't know if it's necessarily knowledge more than a mindset i feel like there is 
way mm-hmm. less way less pride in the things we do by a lot of people and i mean and i think that kind of plays into some of what you're saying as well so mm-hmm. like for example i have a friend in north carolina whose family owns a butcher shop yeah and i could go in there and watch them cut up the meat that i order and oh yeah get, it, get the stuff exactly how i want it and understanding you know that what goes into it and you could see why it is expensive to go to mm-hmm. something like that but there's way less people doing those things yes going to the butcher or even becoming a butcher yes um and i think that's something that we're losing um <laughs> people don't have a sense of pride in their work that they do um it's all fun and games to hate corporate america and right, corporations right. because there's a lot of asshats in the, involved in it and <laughs> they do a lot mm-hmm. of bad stuff but I, I also feel like we're losing grip on people taking pride in their work sure and yeah. wanting to you know put out something great yeah i i think a lot of this has to do with corporate america you know like mm-hmm. um it used to be you sort of got an apprenticeship uh, right out of high school, right? And you learned how to do things when you were like, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 years old. But uh, now it's like you're supposed to identify what you want to do and then spend however long studying for it. And then you get into corporate America where the emphasis has stopped being on the pride and the mm-hmm. you know way to dollar. do things. And it's all about the dollar, the efficiency. Yep. Um and they want you to treat your job as a lifestyle, mm-hmm. but they also, you know, just just want to protect their their dollar. Investment. Like, like it's some, it, it's come to the point where I personally feel this way, and I feel like other people do also. Just judging by sentiments online, um, but my job is something that allows me to do a passion uh, yeah. and not a passion myself yep or for myself um i don't know that's that's how i view it and i I, think the the problem is is there's a lot of people that feel that way but aren't they don't have a passion so there's not people replenishing those yes those jobs and opening don't get me wrong there's some i just don't think it's at the same rate there's not people chasing their dreams because it's so scary so much scarier now yep well and putting in it's the myth of unskilled labor mm mm-hmm too it's like a carpenter you know you you could you people call that unskilled labor because you can just be a roofer and go and nail up some shingles or or a joist or two and people call it unskilled labor because it's it doesn't require a college degree but like that's skilled that's incredibly skilled I i couldn't do that no, I mean, I probably could if I learned and had experience doing it, but like I couldn't go do that right, right. now. It's you know, maybe call it uh, hard labor. It's not an easy job, I'm sure. Oh, no, but like unskilled is unskilled labor is the is the greatest myth that we've been sold as a uh, society that is dependent on doing jobs to gain money to pay bills instead of just, yeah, you know, earning your earning your way through your town by being a cobbler. I I just think that it's, it's misused the term because there's definitely unskilled labor. I think people are just confusing unskilled with unneeded. Like just okay. because it's not does just because it's not a skill, like 
being a gas station attendant or a McDonald's cash register mm. worker is not not skilled labor to me, but it's needed That's labor. Fair, it doesn't make yeah. them any less valuable. Right, right. Yeah, I, that's that's a good way to put it. It's valued versus undervalued yeah. labor. <laughs> I mean, whether we like it or not, like, look at what happened during the pandemic. Like, yeah. People got pissed when the, your worker, you can't go to your favorite restaurant and get your food because there's no workers. Yeah. Like, you need them. Like you, you might not think that they're worth as much as you, but I need uh, to make a living still. And mm-hmm. they make your life easier. Yeah. Like, and, I just think people don't realize that because everybody, the biggest thing now is people are willing to pay con- for convenience. And I think that's where the gap is. People don't realize that those yeah. unskilled labor people mm-hmm. are a convenience, which means yeah. that's what you're paying them for. It's funny because we're seeing like another uh, labor revolution right now, right? Uh-huh. Um, like the first one happened during or immediately after the Great Depression um, with the formation of like labor unions, uh, the shortening of the workday to 12 hours and then to eight hours, the establishing of the weekend, you know, all this stuff, paid holidays, vacations didn't exist before like the 1930s. Um, and people fought for it for decades in order to get this stuff and sort of been eroded a little bit. Now we have this unbalanced work-life uh, balance and we're seeing like another labor revolution. People are sort of identifying the value of unions again. You know, Starbucks in particular, you see mm-hmm. just a wave of stores unionizing and the company that people two years ago would probably say, uh, it's a different time now. Why do we need labor? Why do we need a union? And now we're seeing why, because as soon as they try to employees try to stand up for themselves, uh, Starbucks will just take away these stress mats. Uh, and now yeah. these people have to work on bare floors. You know, it's, it, it's the same stuff that's happening over again. It's, it's cyclical. We haven't, We've been propagandized into thinking that this hasn't been an issue for like 30 years. Yeah. But it's still there. Um, so I guess we'll 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 move on. Um, I, I was trying to keep this less heavy, but uh, I, I, mean, I don't think heavy is a bad thing. I mean, I think they're I know I, you know, I'm we, cynical I think we about do a all. good job of navigating topics without yeah. touching any I'm, any sensitive chords. <laughs> I'm I'm cynical about it all. My, I picked this word and my wife was like, was like, eh, you're going to have a hard time not railing against this or that. And I'm like, uh, I'll do fine. And my, my questions are pretty positive. I came right up to the edge right there. Just like yeah, getting I, on I feel my like soapbox. I feel like we're we're good at we're like a good balance, though. Like, yeah, yeah, we, th- we may have similar opinions, but we think of things differently. So mm-hmm. I feel like we're a, we're a good balance. I feel like I'm I definitely am more. uh of a positive yeah thinking like all the time like upbeat like you know so i i yeah. feel like there's a good balance I, I like, to it i like to be internally i think i'm i can be fairly negative uh but i i like to give people the benefit of the doubt identify the yeah. positives and things um yeah. so this next question kind of it doesn't fly in the face of it because i think it's lighthearted. i want to keep this one lighthearted. what mm-hmm. is something that 
has been lost from a previous generation. So something that you know of that we just don't do anymore, uh, that people like made a big deal about, but actually ended up being kind of a moot point because the times are different, right? Um, Hmm. My pick for this one, I think, will uh, demonstrate what I mean is cursive. Oh, yeah. You know, like people... Not to generalize too much. I'm I'm not speaking like of individual people. Anything that I say is not about individual people. Generational sentiments. Uh, I I don't want to reflect on any individual person because an individual is fine pretty much no matter what. Um, yeah. And well, whatever. But like generationally, like boomers got so mad when. Yeah. Uh, I think us. Right. Like we were one of the first waves of people who was like, why would we possibly need to learn cursive? And they were like, well, actually, it's because you need to write a check. I finished my first checkbook last month. (laughs) You you know what I mean? Like the the promotional checkbook that came with my bank account when I opened it up when I was 18 that had 50 checks in it. I finished it last month. I haven't had checks since 2010. I know. That's what I'm saying. And <laughs> I tell the- my mother that all the time. She was just like, last week, she was like, oh, I got to order more checks. I'm like, why? <laughs> she still pays everything, but they don't have a debit card. Wow. They do everything by cash or check still. They refuse to use online banking. I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Online banking is the way to go. Like I get so mad. And I was just actually thinking about this today. I am. I used to give every place a benefit of the doubt. When I walked in, it was cash only. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's 2022. Stop avoiding taxes. That's the only we reason went, you're not. We went through a taking. We went through a cash. pandemic where we weren't allowed to handle each other's stuff. Yeah. Why don't you have a square machine? Yeah. Like there's just no. <laughs> reason for it anymore yeah like like i try to uh, there's because there's places around here that still only do cash and i try to i try to like think of other reasons no there is the processing fees you not here's what the processing fees the most you're gonna get it's what 30 uh, it's a percent two point take 2.9 percent plus 25 cents of the transaction. Okay. So on a dollar, he paid 27 cents, 28 okay. cents, roughly. If it's a singular dollar. Yeah. Nobody wow. have it and have a threshold like pizza places do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to not have it, you, there's no reason in 2022 other than you're avoiding tax stuff. Yeah. It is yeah, so exactly. easy to set up. It's not trying difficult. trying to cook the books. You're like you're hiding something. Yep. Yep. There's just there's no other reason because it's a huge inconvenience for consumers. Like take for oh, example, yeah. bosses still cash only. There is days upon days that I'm like, you yeah. know what? I really want to go get a chili cheese dog from bosses. And then I think to myself, I'm like, I have to stop at the gas station, go into the AT- into there, go to the ATM, mm-hmm. take money out, get back in my car. Drive over there, get out, yeah. order it, pay an extra $3.25 to take my $20 bill out. So now the cost of your meal just went up $3.25. Oh, 
Huh. You know well, what I mean? Like it, you gotta, you gotta get a better bank that doesn't charge ATM fees then. I mean, for the, <laughs> depending on what thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Like it, if you get one that like private uh, ones, you, they're not, unless they're covering mm, ATM fees, you mean it's like, they're well, still paying them. There's a, um, I know of a few banks that, that do cover ATM fees, but there's banks that are on, um, whatever Same it's called, network. all point. Yeah. All point, a network that they just network through and, you know, waive the ATM fee. Yeah. See, um, so no gas stations and most gas stations and stuff like that don't mm. aren't on that because they're privately owned. Um, I was on, I was on capital one for a while and it had like a, like a ATM finder on there that would, you know, map mm. out where is the closest all point ATM to use. Yeah. I know, I know Bank of Utica uses Allpoint also before I switched away from them. Um, they started using that so but, that you didn't because a, Bank of Utica had has three ATMs. Yeah. Yeah. So but the, I mean, that just goes to the point like that shouldn't be have to be my thought process. What's the closest yeah, ATM I you, that I, I don't you. have to get? Just take. Yeah. 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 For lack of a better term, take fucking card. Like, just a, <laughs> like there's no reason not to. Yeah, get a corporate phone, get a square plugin. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, all. It's, it's all that, you need to do. It's the same thing too. It's like I get that it's just a little mom and pop thing, but take orders over the phone. Take like, oh god, yeah. Like they don't do anything. It's just you walk up, you pay cash, you get your stuff, you sit outside, or you leave. <laughs> They finally they don't do the num little numbers anymore because of the pandemic. Like the little letters or plastic uh, letters or numbers, yeah. they just do name. But it's like, huh. man, yeah, I just That's, there's no reason. Places. I love the place. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's so hard because they're just they're just like stuck in like it's still 1950. It's not even just the theme that it's 1950. They're actually behaving like it. I, I mean, especially with like. A inclusion of Venmo and Cash App mm -hmm. and, and, and all those different applications that you can just send money through. Like the necessary like time to have cash is not now. You can lose yeah. cash. Yeah. I can't we all lose. Have. I can lose my debit card, but my money's in my bank account. It's not in the debit card. So like, yeah, I somebody can, else I could lose take my, that. I uh, I lost my credit card at a, at a restaurant. Like I, I didn't lose it. I, I knew you, where you the last place. There. I left it at the uh, restaurant. It didn't matter. I have G-Pay. I just mm -hmm. used my phone to pay for everything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I, it took me like a week to get back to that restaurant. So, yeah, I get that. Well, and it's like, if, say you were to lose, lose your credit card, you can go on your app and, and shut the credit card off. Most, most yeah, of them. Yeah, right exactly. Then. If I lose a hundred dollars in cash, it's just gone. Yep. You have to ask around. Hey, did you find a hundred dollar hey, bill? Did you happen to find a hundred dollar bill that you're not going to say insurers? How? Yeah. How honest are you? Yeah. Pretty on. I'm pretty honest. Okay. Did you find a hundred dollars in the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah. Yes. Oh. I can't. <laughs> wow, we went real off topic with that. <laughs> with the cursive I don't think talk. So. I mean, I don't no. think so. Cursive, cursive, and it sounds like your answer is like in-person banking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, they make it a huge thing. Like, 
Yeah. Balan- oh, and, and I was going to say, like, balancing your checkbook. Oh, yeah. Like, I my sister still does it. Like, I know how to do it, but what's the point? What What is the point? You're and yes, you still have to pay attention. And I can understand, like, keeping receipts and stuff to go to go across it if you want. But but you don't need to actually keep it like you can just cross reference it digitally if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. My my uh, my checkbook is the mobile app that I have. Yeah. You know, that's my ledger. If I look through it and I see a double charge, I call my bank and I'm like, hey, it got double charge. And they're like, "Okay, we'll freeze that payment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like and it's like, you know, the next step is just cutting out that call. Just put a button or whatever. But still, like, at least have it, it kept track of it. Like and the other thing is that digital app that digital ledger is way way more reliable than me (laughs) yeah because it happens you don't have to remember to write it yep it just happens when you swipe the card yeah Uh, you know you know there's so much less to worry about yeah it's like yeah there's mistakes but there's far less mistakes by the computer than by a human yeah for sure but you still hear people are i was talking to my my aunt this past weekend and i was like she was talking about um <laughs> she was sending out invitations for something right and uh you were telling me about that place where you send it in they yeah. print everything they pack everything they send everything all at once you just pay them the fee and she did that uh but then she's like i want a thing for myself so i was trying to print this thing out from excel just like two columns and it turned out way too big so i tried to resize it and everybody's going by going why why are you trying to print it? And she's like, so that I have it. I'm like, you, you already, already have, have it. It's, it's in an Excel spreadsheet. My, my uncle comes walking by and she goes, they're making fun of me for trying to print out uh, a thing. And he goes, what are you trying to print out? It's like an Excel spreadsheet. He's like, you don't have to print the internet. <laughs> yeah. And like, that is, I feel like that's also, uh, that might be my, what I would say. One of mine is, is not having a printer. That's another good one. Oh yeah, yeah. I do still have a printer. Um for, uh, for I some have, things. I don't need there one. are there are some things that I um it's a it's a thing that most people probably don't have to deal with, but Nicole and I like to go to theme parks, right? Mm-hmm. It is nice to print off tickets to things. Uh Why? when we because so like, it, for like a memor- like a memory? No, because we go on vacation, right, with mm-hmm. Nicole, myself, her brother, and someone her brother brings usually. We have four people. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a pain to f- for her to find the email, scan one, swipe, scan one, swipe, scan one, swipe, scan one, swipe, while we're standing at the gate. Okay. Um, okay so we print that. them off, give everybody their own, and then everybody goes through with their own printout um, okay it, w- it would be a moot point if everybody bought their own ticket you know because then everybody would just be able to pull it up all at once see i think that's gonna gonna go away here in the future anyway yeah i don't know i mean this kind of goes into the talk that we had a little bit but i like that's another example of how an nft could be used yeah well for an event that makes sense but for admission to uh a, a place I no, it still don't. makes sense because you you could buy them, like say Nicole uh-huh. bought them, 
and then she could transfer them to transfer it so that the other three people own them. Like they don't have to charge a fee. Then it just becomes a convenience uh-huh. for you. Like you could transfer the tickets. It's and then they could scan it themselves <sighs> with no fee. So it allows it to be yeah. an actual digital item. That that ticket is a physical. It's a digital thing rather that's, than just being a num numbers on a paper. Yeah, that feels like a lot of infrastructure to build for that to be no practical. Really. Um, <laughs> like the, the, I'm not saying that it's not like useful but in a in a strictly practical sense like everybody has to have some access to the blockchain everybody's um, going to i i know but i'm, I'm just saying like because it'll be t- it will see one of the big social networks buy up polygon or one of these things so any if you have you have facebook you have something you're gonna have a blockchain access and then it's gonna just be it'll just be tied to your email so, so you'll literally, she would literally just like, maybe I'm thinking of it because I do like web stuff as well. So it'll just be click a button, type in emails mm-hmm. and it'll transfer them. It'll be no diff, no different than yeah, sending I, somebody I, a e-gift card. I guess maybe you have a different perspective on it, but like I, I got caught up in the like, you know, crypto boom or whatever. So I was like, oh, I'll get, I'll start getting into it or whatever. I'll, I'll actually like actually learn about what it's all about and i actually start getting into it and it was like such a pain like by the time i figured out how dogecoin works it was it already crashed yeah oh yeah you know what i mean like that's the, the thing way- those meme coins and stuff none of that matters We're no, in the I, infancy I don't even, right now i don't even mean like that sort of thing i just mean like that was a f- flippant example but literally like for for me a, a pretty tech savvy dude who's like a power user and you know all this stuff like it was not easy for me to figure out how to access these things okay and and like that's that's all i'm saying is like the best way i can explain it is that it is as much of a jump what nfts and web 3.0 is going to be able to do is going to be the equivalent of how our parents felt how how you're feeling is the equivalence of how our parents felt when the first home computers came out no i i get i get that i i do get that i i get what you're saying so it's just harder Uh, than normal yes my my point is that there just needs to be an, an infrastructure built up to pipeline people into this you know it's a confusing thing like for our parents Home computers were incredibly confusing because mm-hmm. not because the barrier to entry was so high. You had to drive to Syracuse to get to the closest computer store, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it was like I've, it became a thing with Circuit City and Best Buy and these stores that actually stocked these things on the shelves so that you can go on and access them, see them, get hands on before you buy them, and. That's the type of infrastructure that's going to have to exist for blockchain technologies. Before it already, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It already exists. It's, I mean, sh- it, has to, it has to be integrated into everyday life, and that's what I mean. Something that we already use <coughs> is going to be attached to it, so it's not going to be because it's not like you have to have this whole new thing. It can just be hooked to an account. Ah, uh, yeah. Doesn't that kind of defeat the? point of it though is it supposed to be like decentralized if you're hooking your wallet to an account doesn't that sort of get rid of the sort of yeah i think 
No. So it is decentralized technically because nobody has the keys. It's hooking it to your account. Okay. So like, I don't know. You still own your wallet. Okay. Yeah. If you just no, have I, to, it's just, but everything you have is in a vault, not in your wallet. No, I, I get that. But, yeah. No, I understand the difference between like public keys and private keys and mm-hmm. that sort of thing, whatever they're called. I don't, I don't know what they're called, but I understand the difference. It just seems weird to, uh, I guess, link an account to it <laughs> um, specifically because we know that you can't trust the, the tech companies with your stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, I... like, like if, if Twitter, like if Twitter does this, they will abuse it the same way that they just got caught abusing the two factor authentication thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like this is supposed to be a security feature and they're using it for marketing. Like this, this is going to happen if a already established company starts doing this. So that's going to be the issue. So then it may be, you do raise a good point there and it might not be, it might not be owned by another thing. It's, it's, but it's hard to say it won't be because it's yeah, like, I was just yeah, thinking about yeah. like you use cash app. I own that. Yeah. I, I use Venmo cash apps owned by the square. same guy that started Twitter cash apps <laughs> square. Yeah. But the main guy um, that like started, yeah. founded Twitter. Yeah. He's like the guy that founded cash <laughs> app too. And it's the same thing with Venmo, Venmo's PayPal. Yep, Venmo's PayPal. So it's like even those, but it's like those were completely new and people made accounts. And I just think yeah, it's going to be that. It's just going to be that that next thing. I know it's hard to see. Here's the thing: it's easy to get wrapped up into it because right now it's a gimmick, and it's I know it, it's just being it's laughable what? because there's like no said, like real world. Yeah, use well, like being, I said, you you are the first person to. Explain to me an actual use of NFTs. <laughs> I think most people are caught up in how to how to make money with it rather than what kind of utility it can bring. But I think I think this is the perspective that I'm bringing to it is yeah. that I am on the edge of it. Right. I'm plugged into certain things where you would realistically think that I would know about these things. And it still seems uh, difficult and intimidating to me. Mm-hmm. Until it um, provide here's the thing. Until it provides a convenience for you, it won't seem necessary. I guess, yeah. But but once there's something that you do that is more convenient to do with it, you'll adapt to it. And that's just how we are. Yeah. You know, it's like think about uh, back in the back in the day, how everyone wanted to own their own physical albums and do everything, and now everything's stream digitally yeah you know, just because like the the thought of having a an app on yeah. my phone to get all my music was just like why when i can just buy it and own it no i I'm think just like, people still people still want <laughs> i we're just gonna rehash this until we're on our deathbeds but uh <laughs> i think people still want the physical copies of things are you familiar with the store limited run yeah like they make physical copies of digital only games and sell them and uh gamers nexus had a video where they went to the first brick and mortar store that limited run opened and there was a line around the block like basically the entire state of north carolina went to that store yeah on opening day (laughs) i was like people are people still want these things i think games are uh particular they're they're big collectors but it's still even that like 
on the the zoomed out scale is still so small. Yeah, that's true. Compared to like your everyday thing. I think that's just something I've my self-awareness is like really focused on in the last like year and a half. It's like mm-hmm. as corny as it sounds like that, that movie thing where the satellite zooms in or out of the earth. Like that's uh-huh. how it feels like, like I'd really try to get that bird's yeah. eye view of everything. Like I was just a dot on the map along with everybody else. Yeah. What, yeah. what makes the most sense. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I do. I do too. And I think, uh, you and I are just like zooming out or zooming in from different places because yeah, well, it's because we have different I, experiences. It's it's really even after you told me the one particular aspect of it, it's really hard for me to see the utility uh, in NFTs, and I want to um, crypto. I do understand a little bit more. Yeah, um, not the like saturation of the market the way that it is now. You know, with uh, safe coins and moonshot coins and all this other stuff like there's a saturation of the market that is just killing whatever industry could possibly crop up from crypto currency um and hopefully one or two um there's probably enough money in bitcoin that it'll survive yeah probably yeah i think bitcoin and um ethereum ethereum will survive yeah the others will kind of probably fall to the wayside mm-hmm. but i mm-hmm. think honestly i'm telling you i th- on the grand I, scheme of things yeah 20 years down the road nfts will be a bigger push forward than than I, uh, bitcoins and stuff i look forward to seeing it i i have open arms for it i i really do like it sounds right, like i shouldn't being say negative, just NFT. web web 3.0 because there might be stuff that stems off that I'm thinking uh, of that doesn't really fall uh-huh. in. But Web 3.0, which is what this structure is the start of, uh-huh. will be more of a thing. It'll be a, a bigger jump forward than Bitcoin and like decentralized yeah, payment. I don't uh I don't get web 3.0 either, but that's a topic for another day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um what I wanted to uh finish with is you know, we can focus on the negatives um a little bit too much obviously like talking about cursive and the the banking stuff really is is where it's easiest to think about these issues coming from is the negatives right yeah um but like everybody's got positives to them everybody wants to say like kids these days and blah 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 kids these days are the same as kids those days um and that's what we all need to realize so specifically um looking like we are millennials right just by definition mm-hmm. um i mean we have a podcast so obviously we're millennials that is true. <laughs> but uh specifically looking at like the big generations sandwiching us right generation x um we'll just continue f- to forget about them because they they had it easy <laughs> to be completely honest yeah. um, but uh looking at boomers and looking at zoomers um i want to really identify one particularly good aspect from each of them um so okay. i don't know if you've you know looked at this and if you've been thinking about it but yeah, if you want yeah, me to go bit. first again no i can go that's fine all right um, let's 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 uh, go back and forth on each of them so we can do boomers first for me boomers it, it's just going to be work ethic yeah 
they just don't quit. Like they just they just have this drive in them. Yeah. Like, yes, it it may be bad. Like it it may be that all they care about is work, but Mm -hmm. they just have a drive that so few people have now. I mean, look uh, about like our fathers, like my my dad specifically, like he's going to be 80 next year. Yeah. Still mowing the lawn, still doing like that drive is just nuts. Still getting up and putzing around, building a deck on the on their outside of their camper. Doing, I don't want to do that now. Yeah, I know, right? And he's a, he he is he worked at his last job before retirement, still longer than I've been alive. Mm-hmm. And he's still outside building stuff and mowing the lawn and weed whacking and picking up sticks. How old's your father? He's 79. Technically not a boomer, but okay. So he's, what is he then? He would be a traditional. Oh, well. But that's, I think that's besides the point. I like think that's, that that's sort well, of traditional and them finished would fit the same yeah. thing. Cause I don't think that that changed until our generation and newer. Yeah. Um, See, it, it, hmm. I have such a hard time being positive, I think. I, I don't know if I see that as a as a positive. I remember I do. It, it is right. Like, I know that it is, but I guess it's my perspective on it. Like, I remember seeing this uh, like feel good news story, right? Like just a fluff piece uh, about this nurse that was like 80 years old and still working. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like, it was supposed to be a feel good piece. Ah, look at how dedicated she is. Except at the time. Uh, nursing students had such a hard time getting a job. I'm like, this lady is taking up two personnel spots, having worked there so long, like her salary is probably so high that if she just quit, they could afford to hire two more people and she's just in the way. So I I don't know. That's how I, I don't think know. I don't, about it. I don't it. think you could blame that person for being in the way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to talk about, you know, personal things, but I think that's the way that I think about it generationally. Like, um, I know that it's it's hard. Like Bob Dylan's a, a boomer and he made a whole song about this, you know, get out of the way for the younger generation. It's like, um, I don't know. It's hard for me to be positive, but I do understand what you're saying. Like, you know, dude, a guy at, at the post office, like, Working to work for 40 years. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine doing that. I'm already planning on my retirement. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't even necessarily mean that just the time they're at work. Like they just have a drive to get up and do things. Yeah. A yeah. lot of people just don't have now. Like, you know, we enjoy you know sitting it, around so much more. And I don't uh, know if it's because pri- pri- priorities have changed so much and you know we're not like this is what a man is supposed to do this is what a woman's supposed uh, to do kind of thing whereas now whereas now we're not like oh i have to go i can't quit doing this because this is my job like those I, duties were still your job yeah yeah kind of deal i i think this just jogged something in my memory or maybe like fused a, a connection that i hadn't made before but um i remember reading this article about the value of being bored um it, it, <laughs> Like, we're not bored anymore, right? You and I, we are not bored ever. We have our phones. Like, we can say that we're bored, but really we're just, like, browsing our phones, like, doing 
doing a thing, right? Yeah. Um, but those people, the boomers, they when they didn't have something to do, they just had to sit and figure out something to do. Yeah. Uh, and there's value in that. There's value in being bored. You know, if you don't have your phone, you, yeah. know, you just sit and look at a wall. Like <laughs> your your <laughs> brain is your brain is doing something even though you aren't. And there is actual value in that. And we have that's another thing that we have apparently lost. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's think where it. I get it from. Yeah, that is a very good correlation. So I mean, the I mean, look at your father. Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't want to stop. No, he's got to be doing something. He, uh, yeah, you know, he if he's not doing something, he he just like does random stuff. It's not necessarily good for him. Like he goes, you know, to Walmart or he goes to this store or he goes to that store. <laughs> like now he's he's in that position again. Um, his I don't know if you you know that that store that he was working at down in uh, South Utica, uh, whatever yeah, wherever it was. Place? Yeah, they just picked yeah. up and left. Really? Um, so yeah, so they're gone now. Uh, he doesn't have a part time job anymore. Oh, <laughs> they picked up and yeah. left. Did they just get bought yeah. out? No, I don't know. Maybe maybe they got I bought out, and they, and you know, my father just didn't stay on working for the new people. But as far as I know, I. He didn't tell me uh, specifically. He was talking to Nicole about it, but yeah, apparently they're just gone. So I would at least assume the, people, the person that he two, worked for. So I don't there know. There was two people that owned that, and the one main one I think was planning on like stopping doing his portion <laughs> and going to work for a competitor as a salesman. No, I don't know. So they might maybe have that's just, what happened. Yeah, but hmm. yeah, I think. My positive for boomers is uh, the way that they can advocate for themselves, though. Yeah. You know, like uh, just like, I don't know, the the term social anxiety has become part of our vernacular. Yeah. You know, in a way that, okay, yeah, I I can identify like, yeah, I don't want to call somebody, you know, Uh, like if I have to call Spectrum, it's like uh, a nightmare for me. And I don't know, maybe maybe that's part of the sort of distancing uh, of people who are actually useful from the end user. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, like, I don't I don't want to talk to somebody. I, I just about think something. they didn't have an option. That's true. You know, what they I mean? didn't have I, an I option. It's it's become OK because we can get away with it. And when you don't have yeah. to do things. And get comfortable with doing things. Things are scary. Yeah. Well, it's, and that's why people have such social anxiety and stuff. They're not. I mean, obviously, there's the mental health aspect of it, but it it's even more prevalent now because you don't have to have interactions for a lot of things that you don't want to anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's even things like I I feel it personally. Like I'm getting better at you know making my point for what needs to be done. Um, while, you know, still having my customer service um, perspective on things, you know, not mm-hmm. not yelling at poor uh, phone reps, but um, even small stuff like I, I just went to the doctor, you know, get my elbow checked out. And I had a couple of things that I probably should have asked him, but uh, they didn't seem important at the time. So I didn't. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they weren't like it, it was like 
should I get a prescription strength allergy medication instead of the over the counter one? It's it's like not important. Yeah, actually. But um, I don't know that that sort of stuff. Like you know, there's people out there who don't feel bad going into the doctor and be like, my elbow hurt. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But like, I feel like more and more people are like, ah, I don't want to. I, I think that now that I think elbow. about it, when we go back, it's like the things that we just made fun of them for and saying it is not needed, at least mm-hmm. on my end, could be a huge reason why we are that way, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we're just like yeah. we don't need to go into a bank. Yep. But you used to have to, and you had to be comfortable going in every Friday and talk, standing at face to face and and like banking is kind of a personal thing so you had to get comfortable with doing a personal mm-hmm. thing out in front of people with a complete to stranger face to face like if you were it's broke and you had five dollars in your account and then you just got a, your check for yep. working part-time for fifty dollars and you had to look that person in the face and ha- let them like them seeing you only had fifty five dollars to your name yeah yeah like that I, builds character i feel like <laughs> sure sure yeah i i like, was i was going to say well you still need to do some things in person but now like with like you rocket don't even mortgage, have to buy a car have, in person you don't even have to buy a car in person you don't have to get a mortgage in person anymore yeah that like stuff you can just trade your car valuable. in and we, buy a new one completely online. yeah we we want to switch banks actually and like that is something that I don't feel comfortable doing, um, you know, away from <laughs> just just on my own, you know, like there's some there's something that I will be missing. I want somebody to sit me down and say, OK, these this is a checklist of things that you need to do. Yeah. You know, so but uh, we were supposed to do it this past week when we both had it off and then we didn't. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, moving on uh now we'll go we'll turn our gaze to to the dang kids these days um you have something about zoomers that you sort of admire or appreciate because like they're entering the workforce you know they are whatever mm-hmm. whatever they are now uh 97 is when gen z starts yeah so they're you know whatever 25 24 years old now that's that math doesn't work out, but ignore it. Um, you know, what what do you see in kids these days, I guess, young adults these days uh, that you do appreciate their perspective on uh, adaptability? I think. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Uh, 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 more more has happened and the from the amount of time we were born till the amount of the time those kids were born mm-hmm. or from like from the boomers were born until when they were born. Than the previous, you know, traditionalist section, you know what I mean? So, like, they're coming in where, like, yes, you have more access to information, but you also have to filter through all Mm. that much more information. (laughs) So, like, there's a there's a lot of ability to adapt and like just succeed is crazy. Like, there's stuff that they have to deal with that we just never will. Oh yeah, never had. I mean, this is this is like. you know, the Italian government hiring teenagers to sift through like actual literal false news. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they can spot decent sources better than even people our age. Yeah. Just because they've grown up with it. Yep. Yeah. I just think that they can 
they just learn. I mean, look at little kids for even, for example, Mm -hmm. like this is kind of a funny story, but I was just reading it uh, today on my lunch. Um, Actually funny, uh, funny enough, a a person that is from the same general area as you, uh, she's a 31 year old mom. Uh, mm-hmm. she's pregnant, well, she's pregnant right now with her third child and her oldest was, she had given the oldest her phone, which her oldest is, I think like two or three, yeah. given her, her phone to, cause she was playing a game on it and she was like being quiet, good. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to go take a shower while she's occupied, get a quick shower in, um, like five minutes into the shower, little girl comes running in with the phone. And, you know, mom just thinks that, you know, there's an ad that she can't get to go away in the game she's playing or something. So she like the little girl hands her the phone and the mom quickly realized that the girl had gone into the Instagram app and pressed the live button and was, oh. re- was broadcasting. <laughs> oh, so she takes the phone from the little girl and she's broadcasting to people in the shower. Oh, no. Um, But like. So it's kind of, you know, it's funny, but also like petrifying for her. Yeah. But I think that little girl figures out how to do stuff like these kids are growing up learning how to use phones and tablets like Mike's daughter is three, about to be three or just turned. No, she just Mm -hmm. turned two. What am I talking about? Just turned two. And she's uh, running around. Sits with her tablet, plays, you know, games. Like her, her cognitive ability is through the roof from playing, oh, yeah. playing all these. Like I mean, it's like the blocks through the holes game that you know our parents <laughs> had. The different, yeah. but try to put a, a star through a square thing on steroids. So like, there's all these different games that they, these kids are playing to match colors, match shapes, learn stuff. Like she's still got three, three more years before she's going to hit kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's impressive. Uh, what the, uh, the benefits of technology are impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with that comes baggage. baggage. Yep. You know, the, that, that girl knows how to use Instagram. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, the, their adaptability, their ability to learn things at the rapid speed that they're happening right now is, is incredible. Like kids have always been like that, you know, they pick up new technologies a lot quicker, you know, as soon as like reading became part of the national curriculum, like all of a sudden literacy in the country shot up to like 80% just because kids are so adaptable. And now we're seeing the same sort of revolution, but on screens. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that, that is, neat uh for me i think i i really appreciate their humor um i guess is the broad category to put it in um i mentioned to you like the sort of um post-world war ii like abstract movement dadaism yeah um and you know zoomers humor is so strange you know it's just you just see this thing that's like worship the shoe and it's like what does that even mean it means nothing but it's hilarious <laughs> you know yeah like it, and it's the sort of same sort of thing like after world war ii everything just seemed meaningless and generation z is defined 
as the kids who can't remember what it was like for a world to not be at war. You know? Yeah. Um, they, their first memories were post 9-11. Yeah. And this has informed their whole lives. Uh, and everything at this point just seems kind of meaningless. Um, so they they have this like really absurdist, abstract, surreal humor that I am so into. <laughs> um, but at the same time, the other thing that I really admire about them is that they just do not put up with the olds bullshit. You know, <laughs> like some people try to try to tell them stuff. And it was really like that uh, SpongeBob meme, you know, the SpongeBob chicken meme where where everything's yeah. written in inter intercaps. Uh, yeah. capital letter lowercase capital lowercase yeah like that one meme as a vehicle to for mockery as a vehicle for mockery is absolute gold to just <laughs> show somebody how ridiculous they're being and everybody gets it yeah yep it doesn't matter what generation you're from they have found a way to communicate through text over the internet across generations and Honestly, that is something that I I really appreciate them. It's just not putting up with olds bullshit like us ourselves included. Like if we, you know, step out of line, Zoomers will put us right back in. Yeah, and it's like I, I'm OK with it if they're right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But if they're wrong but, and they're just doing it because they're an asshole, no, they're going to hear something. Well, I feel like <laughs> this is a this is a feeling and opinion but they are it was juvenile at first right like this developed while they were in their teens uh but now they are entering the workforce they're entering college mm -hmm. and it's sort of uh transitioned into a more mature way of using these things um which is interesting to watch for me um i feel like you see it in the workforce too you know, everybody gets up caught up in the uh, well, people just don't want to work these days. Right. But I just feel like these young people are just less tolerant of older people's bullshit than we were made to. We were brought up to be, you know, we were taught that there's a certain amount of bullshit that you have to put up with uh, before you can be in that position. And these kids are just not having it. Um, it. It can be a problem, right? There's a balance to be struck in everything. I think uh, it can be funny, but I also think it's over overused because I think that what happens that being so young, I because I was the same way. I, <laughs> they don't have perspective. Like it's okay to you can call it bullshit, but if you're just looking at at it from a different perspective, and that's why that seems bullshit to you. Okay, unless you're considering yeah. both things and it still doesn't make sense then i'm okay with it but like the, not including yeah, somebody I, else's perspective and then yet getting mad that you don't they don't see it the same way as you i i feel like it's a huge misstep that i didn't learn until i was like 30 i can appreciate that but i think what i'm getting at more is like uh you know the sort of workers revolution that we're seeing through the just like print printed out sheets on storefront windows yeah you know like we've all quit those sorts of signs like that stuff is these younger people just not putting up with the the sort of bullshit like the the actual and and by that i mean like the actual jackassery of employers sometimes you know yeah um i i was in a burger king 
Um, and this kid was just like educating his manager on basic labor laws. He's like, he's like, I'm, I'm here. Right. And I'm working 12 hours. He's like, and that means I get two lunches. And she was like, just waving her hand at him. And he was like, no, you don't understand. I'm taking a second lunch because that's what is required by the law. And like, that's a one particular example, but I feel like a lot of this stuff is indicative of that sort of attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just we had access to so much information that we got lost in it. We drowned in it. And it's hard for us to sift through the information to figure it out. Um, I remember one of my friends bringing up like, Hey, did you hear that these scientists like froze light? And I'm like, what do you mean by that? And he was like, they, they froze light. I'm like, okay, but like light's not matter, right? Like mm-hmm. freezing something means that you bring the molecules down yeah, to change, a, change the like, <laughs> yeah, like light is molecules in an excited state. So how do you have something that's not moving in an excited state producing light? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> you can't, you can't just, he's, you know, our age. I'm like, you can't just hear that. You can't just see that on IFL science and just say it like that doesn't mean anything if you don't have the context for it. And the kids that are younger than us, uh, Zoomers, you know, born 97 and after, they grew up in this stuff and they have a sort of better barometer for where things come from. Um, A lot of times, you know, this has taken a toll on them, too, you know, with targeted ads and unrealistic expectations way more than people like us had looking through magazine ads. Mm -hmm. But uh, the positive aspect to it is that they are more capable of sifting through bullshit, bullshit Uh and coming out the other side with actual facts and actual ways to explain their perspective on things. Okay. I can get that. (laughs) Again, that was another rambling thing that I hope that I made my point with, but I think they're both valid points. I mean, I, I, th- I think there's a, a fine line yeah. that you have to walk where yeah. they're doing it correctly or they're just being oh, yeah. the stereotypical Zoomer asshole that is the opposite of the Karen. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because uh, uh-huh. there uh, are those two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, the, there's the white girl that gets way too upset about racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, like hats off to her. But like, you know, someone it's someone else's battle. Yeah. Not not your battle. Yeah. You just you know, exactly. You got to walk the line between being an ally and just be wanting to be yeah. trapped and being included. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, did you did you do yours with the Zoomers? Yeah. Adaptiveness. Jesus. Yeah. OK. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like those bled together really well, though. Our yeah, conversations. Did. So that was. And- and Mondays just fry my brain, so. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was um, good. So, yeah, any last points that we have to make? Anything we... Uh, you know, I surprised somebody. I, I feel like we say this, I've said this last episode, too, I think. I thought that this was going to be a super short episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, I don't know how much work time we're going to be able to fill with these two topics looking at it. <laughs> yeah. No, I... I uh, When I hit on mine, I knew that it was going to... It was going to take some time. They're simple questions, but there's a lot to dig into with mm-hmm. them. So, yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a good topic. It's, I enjoyed that. 
yeah i i like i like it too you you brought up like we gotta choose topics to challenge ourselves you know not just choose food and i was like between this one and what's your favorite candy so <laughs> yeah yeah that's true <laughs> no i like this because i i do feel that it brings more more of an intellectual side of yeah. it and makes it uh makes us think outside of the box and be a little more interesting yeah um, yeah at least a little more little, introspective yeah yeah and, and rather than just their t- typical list kind of thing you know mm-hmm. i feel like this is a good way to spice it up all right well why don't you uh, start taking us out Okay, uh, I'd like to give some acknowledgement to Josh Wordle, the creator of Wordle, and Freddie Meyer, the creator of Quartal. Uh, if you like any of our content, or if you play Quartal on the daily, you can find him on Twitter at Quartal, and you can donate a coffee. Uh, we we definitely have already, uh, but it helps go a long ways to support a game that we have love and has turned into something pretty fun yeah i had to try to describe quartal to someone uh this past <laughs> weekend yeah <laughs> I was like, dude i did too it's tough it's hard to explain it this person knew <laughs> what wordle was and oh, i had to try to explain it Quirtle. i had to try to explain to somebody that didn't know what wordle was and it uh, was like it was like i was trying to put a star through a square hole like, yeah <laughs> i was like i don't understand they were like, Did so they- it's like a, it's a crossword puzzle. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no. <laughs> Use mastermind. People know what yeah. mastermind is. Just say it's mastermind for words. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you guys can all follow us on our socials um, on Twitter. We are at Quirt on the Street, Q-U-O-R-D on the S-T. Instagram, we are at Quirt on the Street. Spell it all out youtube you can listen to us or watch the videos which is just a blank thing over there uh youtube.com slash on the street if you're listening to us over there like subscribe and comment do the youtube things um and anywhere that you're listening to us please if you have the opportunity review us on apple podcasts uh whatever good pods overcast earwolf <laughs> i don't know any of the places, please review us. Tell us what we can do worse. <laughs> and if you have anything of a uh, longer form that you can't send in a, a direct message or something of that nature, uh, you can email us at quirtonthestreet at gmail.com or eventually be able to uh, check out our website, quirtonthestreet.xyz. If you, you want can to go there now. Out- Oh, you can go there. It's just uh, you just can't submit things. You just can't submit things yet. Um, you can get a hold of us on our personal Twitters. Mine is I'm Scuzzy at I M S K U Z Z E Y, and I am at V underscore C. Spell out the underscore. And with that, we will just ask you to get, get the, the cord out. out.